of days of long ago. From uncharted regions of the universe comes a legend. The legend of Voltron, defender of the universe. A mighty robot, loved by good, feared by evil. As Voltron's legend grew, peace settled across the galaxy. On planet Earth, a galaxy alliance was formed. Together with the good planets of the solar system, they maintained peace throughout the universe. Until a new horrible menace threatened the galaxy. Voltron was needed once more. This is the story of the super force of space explorers. and sent by the Alliance to bring back Voltron, Defender of the Universe. Welcome to Star Joe's Podcast, episode 134, The Kessel Run. I'm your host, Ryan, and welcome back, everyone. Yes, this is another episode of The Kessel Run. This one's going to be a little bit shorter, uh, much like the Thundercats issue that I did with Robert, we're doing another Zero issue, and this time it's going to be Voltron. Uh, and much like the Thundercats Zero issue, this one is kind of a short story, but it sets up for everything coming up uh, in, the, in the comic run. So, I know the Dynamite Voltron series was not Chuck nor my favorite at all of the Voltron character. But I do remember mentioning in a lot of those episodes that there was a good Voltron comic book out there and that I had the issues and that I would cover them at some point. Well, this seemed as good a time as any that I could just grab the issue, read it real quick, remind myself of what happened in that issue, and give a little history on Voltron. Again, these Kessel Run episodes, they're meant for us to go through these older comics. This one's not that old. But it is an older comic. It's a, it's a retro type review. Um, before I get into the issue, I did want to make a couple of announcements, a couple things to make you guys aware of. Number one is, uh, sadly, we did lose a comic creator that was actually pretty close to a lot of people on the show uh, and people we've had on the show, and that's uh, Mr. Jeremy Dale passed away. I'm sure if any of you guys were familiar with his work, or uh, in contact with him, you were aware that he did pass away recently. It was very unexpected and very sad. We definitely lost one of our own uh, in that sense. Uh, you know, someone that Robert and Shannon and John Thurman and and, everybody, and a bunch of other people, uh, it's absolutely heartbreaking that, that we lost him. He was 34 years old. Uh, he was about to have his 35th birthday coming up. And sadly, you know, his cre his creation of Skyward, which was just absolutely phenomenal, is not going to continue uh, at this point, at least, uh, because he was the writer and the uh, artist on it. He was the one that put that whole world together. And so it is with a very, very heavy heart that I have to announce that he did pass away. Uh, we are going to do a tribute episode. That'll actually come out on November 22nd, which was going to be Jeremy's 35th birthday, and that'll be episode 135. But look for that coming up very soon. Uh, we'll basically celebrate his life uh, and his creations and everything that he's, he had done in his 
unfortunately very short time span with us. A couple of things I also wanted to mention is I will have another Marvel Cosmic episode coming out. I'm actually going to title those ones Marvel Cosmic so you guys can identify them and know what I'm covering in those episodes when you just see the title. Uh, the first one I did was the Annihilation Prologue, and I called that the Kess, uh, the Ammo Dump Kessel Run or Kessel Run Ammo Dump or something along those lines. I'm just going to call, call it Marvel Cosmic, and this episode, that episode will feature the Silver Surfer miniseries. I'll be covering the first issue of that. As it goes on into that Marvel Cosmic, uh, those Marvel Cosmic issues, I may cover two issues at a time. To, number one, get through them a little bit quicker so we can get into the meat of the stories and everything else. But also, the first issues are the ones where I cover who these characters are, give you guys some background as far as the characters, where once that's established, issues two, three, and four of the four-issue miniseries, there's not a whole lot to really have to establish because there's not a lot of new characters popping up in those four issues. If there is, I'll, of course, give you some background with those characters whenever I can. But we should be able to move through those issues a little bit faster after the first one. Another thing that I would like to do, and we'll, and I'd love your guys' feedback on this, is I heard on Comic Geek Speak, one of the podcasts I listened to, Adam Murdo did a, has been doing a, like an official, like the oh, oh, Hotmoo, the official handbook of the Marvel Universe. He's been reading backgrounds on all those characters, powers, all that, right from the official handbook. And I thought, you know what? There's really nothing out there like that for Star Joe's type characters, at least, you know, or 80s characters. There's nothing that's all in one book that talks about the characters and everything else. But I have a lot of material, a lot of reference material that covers that information and I was like you know what I could put together my own version of that in a podcast form and actually cover who these characters are so for you guys to gain some knowledge if you don't know who some of these characters are this is a great way to learn who they are this way it's just here's this character here's who he is here's his history here's his powers here's his abilities what have you and I thought what I would start with is I'm going to start with the Transformers because it is their 30th anniversary year and we really haven't done much to celebrate that. So I thought, you know what, I have the Dreamwave editions of More Than Meets the Eye, which is the encyclopedia. It's an eight issue encyclopedia in comic form of all the Transformers characters. They're based on G1 designs and G1 history and everything else. I was like, you know what, this would be perfect. So those are going to be really short episodes, depending on the material. I mean, some of them might be longer, some of them might be shorter, depending on the material that I have available. Uh, but I'm just going to open it up by going over the character. Those are not going to be numbered episodes. You know, Some of them might be a three-minute episode. Some of them might be a ten-minute episode. But they're going to be short for the most part. And then once I've done a few Transformers, then I'll pull some other stuff. Like I'm covering Voltron. I have some statistics and information on the various Voltron characters. I have information on He-Man characters, Master Universe characters. I have uh, information on the Turtles and all that type of stuff. So I think it would be fun. I think it would be informational. Uh, I think it would be a good source of information. It would help those that are just familiar with just G.I. Joe or just 
Star Wars or just Transformers or something like that, or just a couple of those properties, to learn about a lot of the other characters that are all part of this Star Joe's world that we put together for this podcast. So, uh, yes, I will cover G.I. Joe file cards and things like that as well. So, I think it'll be fun. I think it'll be informational. Like I said, I will basically label those as the unofficial handbook of the Star Joe's universe. And then in the description for each episode, I will put in which character is being covered and where the source of that character's information came from. So in other words, if I pulled it from a book that I have or a comic that I have or a website that's out there or something like that, I will provide that source material, make sure I give credit where it came from. Like I said, I think it'll be fun. So with that being said, uh, it's I know it's a lot of information coming out. I can guarantee you that you know, we will doing, be doing our regular episodes, and I can guarantee you at least one Kessel Run episode like this every single month. So we'll do our regular episodes, we'll do a Kessel Run episode, some of those will be with Robert or Chuck or John Thurman, or maybe even Shannon uh, will come on for, for some of them. Again, it's when I have time to do it, you guys will get more episodes, that's basically what it comes down to. And the unofficial handbook of the Star Joe's universe those episodes are, again, short ones, so I'm hoping I can get those out maybe two or three three of those a month for you guys. Uh, maybe even more, I don't know. But basically what I'd be able to do is I can sit down and record a whole bunch of them at one time So and then just slowly put them out there for you guys. And since they won't be numbered, I don't have to worry about the other episodes' numberings getting in the way or anything like that. So... So, uh, I've rambled on quite a while already, so let's go ahead and get into some Voltron here. Tooncast is dedicated to the cartoons we grew up with. 100 episodes and more make up one of the GCRN's most popular podcasts. Join hosts TFG and Mike, Optimus Solo, Terror the Rising Star, and tons of guest hosts. We also have voice actor and writer interviews. Tune in to Tooncast as we look back on the cartoons that defined us as geeks. You can find Tooncast on iTunes and the web at www.geekcastradio.com. Tune in. First off, for those of you guys who are not familiar with the character Voltron, uh, I wanted to go over some information. It was originally based on an animated television series uh, that featured a team of space explorers that piloted a giant super robot known as Voltron. Uh, Initially, it was produced as a joint venture between World Events Production and Toei Animation, T-O-E-I. might be Toei, Toei. The original television series aired in syndication from... September 10th of 1984 to November 18th of 1985. So it didn't have a very long run, but there was a lot of episodes that came out and it has stuck with fans for years since. Uh, So what we're looking at here is this is also the 30th anniversary of Voltron, which is why I thought it'd be perfect for me to do a Kessel Run on this series. So the first season of Voltron feet... uh, features the Lion Force Voltron, and that was adapted from the Japanese anime television series called Beast King Go Lion. The second series was featuring Vehicle Voltron and was adapted from the unrelated anime series called Armored Fleet Diruger 15. So it was Roman numeral 15. Voltron was really popular. There was, you know, 
follow-up series, comic books, and uh, even a one-hour special that came out. Some interesting information uh, about the TV series. The original series was created by Peter Keefe and John Teichman in 1984, and they used materials that they had licensed from the Japanese animated series Beast, Go King, Beast King Go Lion and Armored Fleet Diruger 15. Uh, the producers had no means of translating the Japanese series into English, so they basically summarized the plots, created all new dialogue, and edited out the more violent scenes and remixed the audio into stereo format. The series was an immediate hit in the United States, and it topped the syndication market for children's program in the mid-1980s. So it was a hugely popular show. So the thing I found really interesting when I was looking into this is uh, the Japanese... Uh, had a show called Marai Robo Daltanius. Uh, it was originally planned to be adapted by World Events Productions as part of Voltron. When they were requesting, when World Events Production requested the master tapes from Toei Animation for translation purposes, the World Events Production producers requested the one with the lion. Mistakenly, Toei then produced, uh, proceeded to ship World Events copies of Beast King Go Lion, which was another combining robot cartoon featuring lion-shaped fighters. So basically, they said, okay, here's the one that you have, this is the one we want, which is the Marai Robo Daltanius. But they didn't say that, they just said, we want the one with the lions, the combining robots that came from lions. And because of that, they shipped over Beast King Go Lion. And when the producers looked it over, they decided, you know what, we like this better than what we were seeing before, and they decided to go ahead and run with that. So um, I find it really interesting. I know this happens here and there uh, when it comes to Japanese animated shows and everything else that get adapted over here, that sometimes we can't translate it, so we kind of make up our own thing. And this is probably one of the best examples of that, is that they just said, you know what, we we understand the basics of this story, so we're going to go ahead and create our own storylines that go along with that with our own dialogue. One thing that's also very interesting is when you look at some of the voice actors, and I know these people were doing a lot of different shows and everything, but when you look at the voice actors, a couple names just really stood out, uh, or actually three names really stood out, which is Michael Bell, Peter Cullen, and B.J. Ward. These are... Three names that, if you know 80s cartoons, they were all over the place. And in fact, the show is narrated by Peter Cullen. And you heard that at the beginning of this episode. You heard his voice. So found it really interesting to find out that basically the show we got was based off of a mistake. So um, I did mention that there was some great comics that came out. We just haven't had a chance to cover them on the show, so I'm going to start doing that now. The comic that I was referring to that I thought was an excellent version of Voltron came from Image Comics. And the thing I found really interesting with this when I really looked at it and looked deeper into it is uh, I'm looking at issue number zero from Image. And they were working in conjunction with Devil's Due. And those of you guys out there might recall that Devil's Due did G.I. Joe. Well... When they first started doing G.I. Joe, Devil's Due was under the banner of Image. So Devil's Due was kind of like that side company within Image that took care of licensed properties. And then eventually Devil's Due split off into its own entity. And Devil's Due then went under, and now it's actually back. It's actually doing some comics 
on its own again. Uh, they're totally independent individual comics. Uh, they, they're not licensed properties like they had before. The thing I found really interesting when it came to the comic was it was also, this issue at least in particular, was also done in conjunction with Dreamwave comics. And Dreamwave was the comic book company that produced Transformers around the same time. They did an amazing job when it came to Transformers, uh, basing on the G1. And I had mentioned earlier that the the More Than Meets the Eye encyclopedia editions that I have that are basically comic book form encyclopedias, eight issues long, was done by Dreamwave. Those were that was the series, the Transformers series they were doing back then. And I actually love those series. Those will be something I'll cover in a future Kessel Run as well. Another thing I found interesting is that the art directors on this issue were Mike Norton and Tim Seeley. Tim Seeley definitely has history when it comes to G.I. Joe. Tim Seeley and Mike Norton are currently working together on their own creator-owned comic series called Revival. And that's very good. It's very creepy, very different from this. The story of this was written by Dan Jolly. And the pencils, at least for this issue, were done by Mark Brooks. Mark Brooks was working under the Dream under Dreamwave at that time. So Dreamwave was the company that provided the artwork, which makes a lot of sense because the tran- the thing that was awesome about the Transformer series by Dreamwave was the art. The stories were really good too. I really enjoyed the stories, but the artwork is what really stands out from that series. Uh, we also have letters by Dreamer Design and uh, art directed by Devil's Due Studios. Uh, colors were by... Uh, well, inks were by Clayton Brown, and colors were by Dan Danimation. Dan Jolly does stick with the story through the at least the first miniseries. I can't recall if he goes all the way through the ongoing as well, but I know he does stick with it uh, through the miniseries. And then Mike Norton actually takes over as the artist uh, with issue number one when that comes out. But we're looking at issue number zero. I just found it very interesting that there's all these connections to other licensed properties out there. Tied into all that, at the back of the comic, there is a pinup. And the pinup was actually done by Steve Kurth. And in case you don't know this, Steve Kurth is actually the current artist on the current run of G.I. Joe. So the one that's being done by Karen Travis, Steve Kurth is the artist on that. And he actually did a Voltron pinup. In the back of this, it looks awesome. It's Voltron kind of falling back with his blazing sword into a mountain of Robies. So, and Robies are the giant monster creatures that Voltron fights. So, going into the issue, it's pretty, you know, basic. It's just setting everything up. What we have, it's uh, we're in a orbiting military penitentiary when it opens, and it's August twelfth, uh, eight four at eight forty five. And uh, we have Colonel Hawkins, and he's walking down the brig with uh, Lieutenant Brown. Lieutenant Brown's wondering why they're going into the penitentiary, why they're trying to see this one inmate. And we actually find out that it's, it's Lance. And it's Lance McLean, who is one of the pilots, or eventually becomes one of the pilots of Voltron. Right now, he's incarcerated. And we find out the reason, reason he was incarcerated is because he was buzzing a private penthouse that was actually the owner of that penthouse was a senator. So he was always known in this version of Voltron, he was always known as the hothead, the hotshot, the cocky pilot. Think of Maverick from Top Gun. 
that was Lance. And so much like Maverick buzzed the tower and got in trouble, well, Lance buzzed a penthouse of a senator and got in trouble, except Lance went to uh, jail for it. So, uh, so he was told that he could actually uh, be released from there and he could go far away from the senator's influence if he agrees to it. And Lance says, well, keep talking. So then we go to uh, San Francisco, and it's August 12th, and it's uh, 2134 is the time. Now we have it's Lieutenant Brown is talking to the colonel and saying, you know, why are we going to see this person now? You know, what, what does this person bring? And who he's going to actually see is Sven. And Sven is... Well, I don't want to give too much away when it comes to Sven, but basically Sven is a, is a loner. He is a pilot as well. He's very good at what he does, um, but he keeps to himself. He doesn't like other, other people, but this is basically something that's going to allow him to go far away from a lot of other people, so he's, he's all in favor uh, of that. He also likes being involved in a mission that has the utmost secrecy. So then we have... Both Colonel Hawkins and Lieutenant Brown, they're going to meet uh, Suyoshi Garrett, who's also known as Hunk. And Hunk is a big guy. He is a mechanic. He likes working and tinkering with things. and But he has this reputation of being intimidating. And he basically gets the reputation because he's freaking huge. He's like six foot seven or something ridiculous like that. So... And he's like 300-some pounds, so he's just a, he's a big guy. He likes having his solitude, and he, so he doesn't mind the, the fact that he intimidates people. Uh, but he's, he's approached by them, and we don't really get to see him respond too much. They just ask if, if that's who he is. You know, are you Suyoshi Hunk Garrett? And he's like, he stands up and towers over the colonel and the lieutenant and says, maybe, who wants to know? So... Then we go over to a uh, new West Point military preparatory school, and it's August 13th now. And Lieutenant Brown's asking why they're going to see this person. If you're noticing a pattern here, Lieutenant Brown's constantly questioning the colonel. But it's kind of like the Robin or Alfred to Batman, where it's like that Robin and Alfred initially were there to give Batman somebody to talk to somebody to explain what's going on. That's kind of the purpose that Lieutenant Brown here is serving and uh, so that Colonel Hawkins can explain why these individuals are important. So in this case, we have a 16-year-old kid and this ends up being Pidge. Uh, his name is Daryl Stoker uh, and he's nicknamed Pidge. And they're like, we have an opportunity for you. And Pidge is in this school and he's super smart. He's like this tech guy and he's beyond brilliant and because of that he kind of gets ostracized and picked on by the other kids so he pretends like he might be interested kind of off-putting but then he's like yeah let, let me i'll go ahead with you uh, that sounds like a good idea uh then we go to new york city and it's august 14th and we go into a dojo and here we have keith akira koenig uh or konagi and he is studying martial arts he is training a bunch of students there and he has them all attack him and he takes them all down uh and then after he's done taking them all down we see the colonel and lieutenant come up to him and he says well who are you two supposed to be so 
now we have all five of our pilots all there. And for those of you familiar with Voltron, you might be like, well, where's the princess? Well, that's the next page. And what we get here is we have the planet Eris inside the Galactic Order, and she's dreaming. Uh, we go to the Castle of Lions, which is completely in shambles. And we can see that Eris itself is just completely, like there was some battle that happened there. Eris got messed up, and the Castle of Lions is completely in shatters. Uh, we have the princess, she is laying in her bed sleeping, uh, but the whole room around her is just torn. There's broken windows, there's a pillar on the ground, there's broken wood all over the place. She's dreaming and she's, and she's talking to her dad and, and we basically find out that her dad has passed away. Uh, he was the king of the land and he wants her to be the princess, but she won't be the princess until everyone in Eris is free. He explains to her that he needs her to be a leader. He says, there's forces converging upon this place, Lalura, converging upon you. There is a legend poised to awaken, a champion, an avenger, ready to arise. His name is Voltron. And we get this beautiful two-page splash of Princess Alora. She's in her robe, and she's floating, and there's towards this huge image of Voltron. And it's just absolutely awesome looking uh then we get her talking to her father uh her father appears as a ghostly apparition and she's kind of herself in this dream apparition and there's voltron standing over the castle of lions and he's a ghostly apparition um and he's and the her father says do not dismiss the strangers when they arrive allura they represent the last chance for us for eris and she goes but how father how can they help us and he says they will bring back the titan the knight who will deliver us reborn in new in a new incarnation he shall return look for them allura find them find them and she says i will father on your grave i swear i will and it just closes with her sitting on the bed by herself the daylight is streaming in and the issue ends. So just a great setup. We see all the five pilots coming together for a purpose by Colonel Hawkins. He is going to send them out. Um, and then Allura knows because of her father's, her father coming to her in her dream that she needs to be on the lookout for these strangers. So that's the start of the series. We get a whole bunch of pages after that of some of the background, the intention behind this comic series. I'm looking forward to reviewing the rest of the initial mini series because it was just, it's fantastic. It talks about, shows how all the pilots find the lions and, and everything else. There's a two page uh, splash page here also, uh, another pinup style. Voltron with his, forming his blazing sword. You got uh, Zarkon and uh, Lotor and Hagar is there. And you got the little robotic mice, and you got the lions, and you got Princess Allura, and you got the five pilots, and the Robeases in the background there. It's just awesome. And then in the very back of this, we get a breakdown of each of the pilots of Princess Allura, of King Zarkon, Prince Lotor, and Hagar. And there's information about all of them. That's the information I'm going to use when we're when I'm doing the unofficial handbook of the Star Joe's universe is I will be relying on this issue number zero 
to provide that information about each of the pilots and the world of Voltron. So that's that first issue. And like I said, the art is awesome. The, the beginning of the story is awesome. It's not a lot of pages, but it's a lot of fun. So I'm looking forward to covering the rest of the miniseries with you guys. That's about everything. I'm going to keep this one on the shorter side. So I know it's still about a half hour because I rambled at the beginning, but I hope you guys are looking forward to some of the things I'm planning for in the future. Uh, Robert will be back in future episodes. Hopefully I'll be able to coordinate something with Chuck. He's on a little bit of a different work schedule right now with a part-time job. So uh, hopefully I can coordinate something with him so we can have him come on the show a little bit more often. Because uh, I know you guys miss him and I miss doing the show with him as well. So uh, with that, uh, let me go ahead and give our information out. You can find us at starjoes.com. You can find us at the forumforgeeks.com. That's where you can join our forum and communicate with us every single day. Uh, you can fo uh, follow us on Twitter. It's at Starjoes Podcast. You can like us on Facebook. That's where there's a lot of activity that's going on every single day. Uh, you can email us at starjoespodcast at gmail.com. And if you didn't listen to the last episode, we are holding a contest right now. What I want to do is on January 4th, it'll be five years of doing the Star Joes podcast. So what I want to do is I want to put out a best of Star Joes. This is moments from episodes in the past. It can be any episode whatsoever. But I want your guys' help because it's going to be hard for me to go through all those episodes and try to find the best stuff or the stuff that I think you guys would like. I'd rather hear from you guys and know what you want to have in the episode. So what I want you to do is if you can email... It's just email at starjoespodcast at gmail.com. Let me know if you're in the U.S. or outside the U.S. because we're going to draw two winners, one in the U.S. and one outside the U.S. In the email, you need to put if you're in the U.S., outside the U.S., what moment from Star Joes you want on that best of episode and what episode that came from. You don't have to give me the minutes of where it was in that episode or anything like that. Just, you know, if you say episode... 94 and this is what happened or roughly you know the moment where you guys said this and i can find it then that won't be a problem but i would greatly appreciate it and if you do that if you email me that if you're in the u.s or outside the u.s and what episode and what the moment was then you'll be in a raffle and we will draw a winner uh one for in the u.s and one for outside the u.s uh, for you guys to get a prize that announcement will happen on the episode that will come out on January 4th. So I will actually announce it on that episode, the Best of Star Joes episode. And uh, leave us a voicemail. It's, the phone number is 440-941-JOES, 440-941-JOES. Leave us a voicemail. We'll play it on a future episode. I do have one voicemail from a listener, and uh, I'll play it next time that Robert and I get together because uh, related to the animated episodes uh, but I would love to hear from you guys and uh, leave us iTunes review it gives the show a lot more exposure so I appreciate it. if you've been listening and haven't left an iTunes review and you get the episodes through iTunes I would greatly appreciate you leaving a review good bad or indifferent I don't care just put a review and I'll I'll mention that on the show as well so with that we'll go ahead and close this episode by saying the force will be with you because knowing us is half the battle Voltron! Activate interlock! Dino connected! Infra cells up! Mega 